please continue to pray for them and their pregnancy. We're so excited uh, for their growing family. We also want to remember uh, the Flores family as they welcome sweet Alondra into their family uh, this week. They are doing well. And so just continue to pray uh, for Alfredo and, and Vanessa and big sister Valentina. Also, uh, I have some exciting news to announce. Justin and Jamie Smith are expecting in March. They Justin told me all along, yeah, March, very soon. Justin told me he thought about just coming with a new baby after quarantine. And that was what he was leaning towards. But he just said, I might as well, you know, put, put on the prayer list. <laughs> Thank you, Justin, for giving me a permission. I, I've been uh, praying for them, but I'm super excited for them and, and their growing family as well. So please keep the Smiths in, in your prayers. Yeah, we're going to need a lot of baby holders uh, when we get back together. A lot of volunteers are in the room already. I also want to give a special shout out to Sam, who is running our computer today for the first time and doing a flawless job so far. Thank you uh, to Sam Holland uh, for her work doing that. I think Sonia said it perfectly that there's really not uh, words to describe the feelings and the emotions that, that I still have. And as I think about the, the difficulty of 2020 and then on to 2021, there's just things that continue to happen that are just hard. And it feels like, oh, here's just one more thing, but it's really just one more thing that we need to pause. And the biblical word for it is to lament, to say, God, this doesn't feel like the place that we want to live in. It doesn't feel like the country that we want to be part of. And there's anxiety about how it might look moving forward. And I, I pray for you and I pray for all of us as we still are in that moment of a confusion and a frustration and just sadness because seeing some of the pictures and images that we all saw this week, it just makes you angry and, and sad and, and confused. So I hope that you will continue to pray for our nation and our world and the peaceful transition of power. And I hope that for you and I challenge myself as I think about this, it's not enough for us to just not be doing stuff like that, though that stuff is condemned and terrible. May we find ways to be active solutions and may we show our love and our true understanding of Christ's love and the gospel in the ways that we act, not just not doing certain things, but by bringing God's kingdom more to this earth here. And that's a little bit what I wanted to talk about today. So, a couple years ago, we had done some upgrades on our building, and we thought about those upgrades as a way to reach out to some in our community. And some of you who are watching this, maybe you saw the building that was painted and you realized, oh, that's a church. I had no idea. Some people told me that. They realized for the first time this actually was a church here and not just some weird office building thing. And so you came uh, because of that. And we had intentionally done that. I was really excited to see some, some new faces from really within our community, people who were just saying, yeah, I just walked here. And so I'm thankful uh, for that. And we were hopeful that 2020 would be a time of building as a verb, that we would build uh, God's work here. And it definitely turned out much different than we thought. God was faithful in that because 
by any metric, way more people uh, were able to participate in our church um, because of our online presence, because you have been so good at sharing it with your friends and also sticking with it and being consistent on the chat. So thank you for that. So God was able to help us build as a verb in this last year differently uh, than perhaps we would have hoped to and, and wanted to, but God was faithful in that. And we want to continue to think about that, how we could be part of building God's kingdom here, um, specifically in Los Angeles, but really anywhere that you happen to be, because that is who it is that we are called to be, people who build God's kingdom and help it to be more and more apparent to everyone. I love how John opens his gospel. Of the four gospels, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right at the beginning of the New Testament, John is the most theologically dense. There's really some amazing themes that he writes about. And in John chapter one, starting in verse one, he says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. After a week like this, let's just read that one again. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all those who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Now that section of scripture will preach. Preachers say that that will preach. There's some fantastic thoughts in there. Perhaps in the chat, you just want to mention a word, a phrase that jumps out to you from John chapter one, verses one through 14. It's just this, this look back. And I always think about it as like the words that scroll down the screen at the beginning of Star Wars, like in this, this land far, far away. John is saying in very differently because the other gospels, they start with genealogies and some mention of Jesus's early ministry and some of the things that surrounded Jesus's birth. But John says, let me just blow all your minds, basically. I'm going to take you on this, this crazy journey to talk about just how big God is and how it's all connected. The word was God. The word was with God. And the word for word in the Greek is logos. And it basically means the thing that holds everything together. It's this beautiful picture of how we should understand the glory and majesty of God in the world, how God is huge. And yet God chooses to enter in. John says that Jesus came and tabernacled among us. And basically you could say Jesus came and put a tent up among us, came to be with us. God in all of this bigness and majesty, God 
made himself limited and came to be with us in the form and person of Jesus. God put a tent up among us. What would it be like if God put a tent up where you live, maybe in your backyard or in your front yard, if it was Jesus just hanging out? Every once in a while, he might ask to come use your bathroom because he doesn't have one out there. He might be like, oh, is it burger night? You guys have an extra one? I mean, just he'd be out there just, just up in the mix and coming to see what's going on with you. God is so big and vast, and this is how the whole thing is connected and created. But God comes to be with us as we are and comes to participate with us because this is what our God is like. Think for a minute about the place where you have seen the majesty and power of God the most. Maybe it was at the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls or something else. Where have you seen the power and majesty of God and just been completely blown away? Something that comes to mind for me was when I was a junior in college, I did an internship with a youth group in Kansas. And it was the first time that I dealt with real storms because I'd lived my life in California. And I was over at the gym because I had a gym membership because of course. And as I was at the gym getting swole, you can't really see it with my sweater, but as I was at the gym uh, getting swole, uh, there became something that I'd never heard before, which was uh, a tornado sirens. And I quickly learned uh, what those were. And I was very nervous, didn't know what to do. And so I walk out and head to my car because I think it's probably best for me to drive the 10 minutes to where I, I could get home. And they had a, a basement that was probably a little bit safer than staying at the gym. And I get into my car and I realize why nobody else was doing that because before a tornado, like there's a whole lot of crazy weather that's happening. So literally, the, the, it's the hardest I've ever seen it rain is sheets of rain. And I thought, all right, it's really not safe for me to drive in this because I can't really see right in front of me. And this is not a good idea. But it's also not a good idea for me to sit out here and stay in my car either. So the one option I had was to go walk back into the gym to everyone else who was just standing there and knew that I was doing the wrong thing. And so I remember walking through this sheets of rain and I get to the gym dripping wet and everybody just looks at me like, you're not from here, are you? Because I didn't know that right before a tornado, the weather gets real crazy. And I will remember forever just staring out there. And luckily the tornado actually didn't stick down too much exactly where we were. That tornado didn't cause very much damage at all, but I'll always remember how the weather changed so quickly. And basically everybody, and I learned that very quickly, everybody learned like, you just can't do anything. You're powerless in this moment. In moments like that, I think you realize just how small you are. Share something like that in the chat, perhaps. What's a time that you realize, wow, because of something that you were looking at, or you're just struck by the, the majesty, the bigness of the creation, the bigness then of our God. And John says, that is what our God is like, big and mysterious and wonderful and powerful. Yet God chooses to enter in because God is a God of the mission. 
God chooses to be mission-minded and to come to us as we are. My friend Jonathan, who has been here many times and has preached for us many times, he shares a story about his dad. Jonathan's been a preacher for quite a while. And his dad, when he was growing up, was a manager at a Wendy's. And he spent many years doing that and blessed a lot of people. And Jonathan said many times when he first heard his son preach, he would come up to Jonathan and say, wow, I wish that I could do what you do for God's kingdom. And Jonathan said what he would try to tell him every single time is, I learned how to do ministry from you because you were ministering to the entire staff at Wendy's. You would go out of your way. It wasn't normal for a Wendy's manager to go visit people who had gone to the hospital because they were sick. But dad, you did that. You showed me ministry and called me into ministry, not just with the hour that you took me to church on Sunday, but with your entire life. I hope that we all recognize that we are all ministers in our communities. We are all ministers at our jobs. We have the ability to build God's kingdom, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to think full-time about how we can be better as a home in LA, in our community. I'm really thankful for that opportunity. But I hope that as I preach and as I teach, it helps you to think more about how important your job is. And there are places and people that you will speak to and reach and show the example of Jesus to that I never could. So I hope we recognize that managers at at Wendy's and doctors and teachers and workers at Starbucks, you all, have the ability to show God's kingdom to people. And I hope that you stay on mission because God is is so big and powerful and loving, but God chooses to enter the world in Jesus and God still chooses to enter the world in you. And we get the opportunity to participate in this story. In verses six and seven, John casually mentions John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is a central and really important character in the other gospels as well. But he says that John, he maintained that his life was about testifying to something greater than him. John the Baptist is perhaps my favorite character in scripture because he just does what God has called him to. Because at his ministry as its beginning, everybody is coming out to John to get baptized and to understand what it is that he's teaching about. And Matthew actually tells us that there are, it says all of Jerusalem and the whole Judean countryside traveled out to hear John preach and teach. That's a three-day journey. And they're coming out to experience what it is that this guy, John the Baptist, is doing and what it is that he's all about. And I have to tell you that I've seen people, pastors, who gain just a little bit of celebrity and it's completely screwed them up. As a a TV pastor doing this last year, I I haven't gained any celebrity, but I uh, hopefully have had enough years experience to not let it screw me up if that ever happens. I mean, I've seen celebrities who have had some celebrity and they've been screwed up by it. When people tell you 
that you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, it's hard for you to be humble. My wife, Mandy, was a, a sports writer in her early career. And she said, seeing some of those players and the way that they treated people and just the way they were a little bit behind the scenes is a little bit disheartening. And she said, for most of them, it's because they were like the best at their sport um, all the way growing up. And basically for their entire lives, they've been told no, that they haven't been told no. That's what it can be when you have this amazing power or opportunity or celebrity. And John is getting that. Everyone in Jerusalem and the Judean countryside, they're coming out to hear him preach and teach. And, and what does John do? Does he let it go to his head at all? No, he constantly says, I know that this message is, is important, but I have to tell you, the one who's coming next I'm not even worthy to take off his shoes. If you think I'm cool, what's coming next is so much greater. And John, even as he might feel like the celebrity could get to him a little bit, he's constantly saying, no, 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 you don't understand. The glory of God is coming after me in, in Jesus, and I just have to use my entire life to point to that. Because as much as this message might impact you, you have no idea how much the ministry and life of Jesus is going to be able to change the entire world. What if that could be said about you? I wish that it could be said about me. There was a, a man sent from God whose name was Brian. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light. So that through Brian's work in ministry, people might believe in Jesus. Can you put your name in that sentence? I know at times I can, but I constantly need to remember that I'm testifying to a bigger story. I'm bringing the news about Jesus, and that should constantly be my focus and where it is I need to look. The good news is that invites us into this much larger story, which I think we all need. Several years ago, there was a guide that came out to taking selfies in Russia. Now, here's a picture of it, because unfortunately, they had not been taking very safe selfies, and some people had had injuries, and a few people had died, taking some really dangerous selfies. And I can't read Russian, but I can see those pictures and can see there were some things perhaps that they were doing that uh, weren't super safe. That if you're next to a really like scary animal, don't pause and take a selfie. If you're holding a gun, you probably don't want to like, take a selfie. Like there's some things that you'd think would just go without saying. Like if you're on a slope of a hill, like be careful about taking a selfie. And it just makes me sad that this is the world that we live in, where this needs to be put out, where we need to be told, take careful selfies. Like be very careful in how you're taking these pictures. It's very easy in our world today to just be focused on ourselves and think about how we can take the greatest picture or I just want to make sure and post this moment. 
how often are you thinking, how often am I thinking about building my own kingdom and thinking about myself? I think one of the things that we need to realize is that that's exhausting. And it's not life-giving. It's not helping us to become better people. It's causing us to not be involved in a larger story and to worry so much. I know that they say that anxiety rates are the the worst they've ever been. This is even pre-pandemic. We're just so worried about it because I think we're so focused at times on ourselves. John says, you can be part of a much larger story. And can you testify to the work of Jesus Christ with the way that you live? I know for me, I'm a lot less self-destructive when I'm focused on serving other people. There's a pastor named Charles Phillips who says this this way. He says, the more mission-minded I am, the less self-destructive I am. I think that's so true. The more that I think about, how can I serve? How can I be a blessing? It helps me to get outside of myself and to be the person that I'm called to be. It's life-giving to be life-giving. It's a blessing to be a blessing, to let that life flow out of you and not to just hold it for yourself. One thing that I think 2020 and then the first days of 2021 have taught all of us is that we just aren't fine. I think we thought perhaps that the world was just getting better and better and better and we were all getting more loving and getting more understanding. But 2020, because of all that we're dealing with, coronavirus and racial injustice, I think we have to recognize that we're part of of systems which have let people down in our country. We're part of, of systems that just aren't just or fair. And we thought that we were fine. But in 2020, we learned that we're hurting. We're broken. I'm so thankful for some of the people that I've, I've been able to connect with because of this live stream and just begin conversations about faith with, people are just desperate to be part of a story that's bigger than themselves. We need it. And that's not just people outside of our church. I've been able to to counsel with people within our church who are really struggling with stuff. And thank you for your honesty and sharing that with me. We aren't fine. That's why we need to continue to center ourselves on this story that is much bigger than just us that started way before us and praise God isn't going to end with us. I think specifically about Los Angeles, we live in a lonely place at a lonely time and we need friends and we need community. And that's why us striving to be a home in LA is gonna be work that is so necessary and always gonna cause us to work hard because that is what we wanna be in the world. We wanna be a home in LA for people who are lonely. We wanna have a a space at the table for everyone. It's constantly about us looking outside and beyond 
ourselves. So as you think about living on mission and building God's kingdom in your neighborhood and in your community and at work, can you participate and involve yourself and understand that you need to build your faith to be able to participate in that more and more? I hope that you continue to connect with these live streams, that you're active in them, that you chat so you can say hi to stay connected as much as we can. We hope that maybe in a few months out that we'll be able to have our our gatherings again, which would be awesome. We're praying hopefully for that with the vaccine. And we are hopeful that that will be the case for us. But it's going to be a while still that we're going to be live streaming. So I hope that you stay connected that way. Next week, I'm going to start a series on 1 John, which I'm really excited about. 1 John actually, I think, continues some of the themes that we saw in John chapter 1 today. And it's just a really brilliant letter that you could read in about 10 or 15 minutes. And it has a lot for us to think about. At the end of the month, Justin Smith and I will be doing our Bible studies again. We're going to be looking at the book of Exodus, which also I think has some really fantastic themes for us to think about as we continue to to deal with this year. We'll have opportunities for you to grow your faith by uh, joining us on our, our prayer calls. We'd love to have you participate in that. And I hope that we'll be able to get back together as normal at some point during this year. But for now, please participate as much as you can because we need the centering faith of God. I love the words of that song that we just sang. I came here with nothing but all you've given me. And there's times where I feel that more than ever as I stand up to preach during this year. I came here with nothing, but God, I'm just thankful that you're continuing to give me one more word and and one more day. I think about how when we started back in March and doing the quarantine, if you would have told us that it was going to be going for this long, it would have been like, whoa, I don't even know that I can do that, but you're still here. And we're doing this together. So thank you for the ways that you have participated in this church and gotten outside of yourselves. But remember this year, sometimes as you feel drained, sometimes you're going to need to like take, take a moment off and that's okay. But then recenter yourself and say, it's life-giving to be life-giving. And I'm going to live on mission because that ultimately is who I'm called to be. May I be like John the Baptist who just said, I'm going to point to Jesus's ministry. This is who I'm about. If you think I'm great, You have no idea who's coming next. I wanted to have uh, our friend John Anthony share a bit right now because he's somebody who I talk with regularly and I really appreciate him as a conversation partner. And he is somebody who has mentioned to me that he's really felt like he's he's built his faith, no pressure, John, but he's he's felt like he has uh, been able to build his faith through the ministry of our church. And so I just invited him to share a little bit about his own experience with that and let him challenge you to build your faith as well. So John Anthony, thanks for sharing with us this morning. Uh, hello, church. Um, good to see you virtually. And uh, thank you, Brian, for asking me to open up and share my most vulnerable uh, self to the entire universe. Uh, <laughs> but I think that uh, as followers of Christ, um, that's exactly what we're asked to do. Uh, he says that if you uh, are not ashamed of me in front of the world, I won't be ashamed of you in front of my father. And so uh, I'm not ashamed to share uh, my journey 
in the hopes that it strengthens as many people as possible to connect with Christ and connect with the body of Christ um, for your own good, for all of our own good. Um, I was raised uh, essentially in the church um, and I always felt as though I had a strong connection to faith and to God. Um, uh, I obviously knew I wasn't perfect, but I, if you would ask me, I would say, yes, I was a Christian and I was a churchgoer and, uh, and that I, I was a person of faith. Um, but I had not connected with the congregation like I felt as though I, I should or could or saw others do. And that had always bothered me and I was always drawn. And the one thing I think I realized through my journey is that um, this is a team sport. Uh, your walk with Christ is a team uh, game and you have to be, to truly get as much benefit as you, I think you can be connected. Um, so I would say that my family and I were strong visitors here at Glendale. <laughs> We were, we were some of the strongest visitors that you might ever uh, see. Um, but I don't know that I could have said, yeah, I'm, I'm a member here. And, uh, and I just really liked Brian. I liked his preaching style and I was drawn to him. And uh, I asked to, um, I think he either invited me to coffee or invited him to coffee. This was uh, pre-pandemic and so we did not have to social distance and we had coffee and there were no masks and we, I'm sure we breathed each other's air. Uh, and, uh, and, and I shared with him, I said, I said, I really want to connect with the church, but I, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm not churchy enough. And, and he really encouraged me. He said, hey, don't worry about all. I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, don't worry about all that. You, know, you don't have to be churchy. Just, just, just come. And this was a while ago now. I mean, this may, may have been two years. And so I I felt invited and I felt welcome and so I started to get more involved and it really increased my walk. And what I, what I mean by that is not so much what I felt but what was happening and so some scripture um, came to mind that I wanted to share to sort of give structure to my comments and, and, and um, because they convicted me and they supported what I was feeling and experiencing. So Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. And I know the, the chat uh, uh, ministers uh, will probably appreciate if I say it again. Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. Uh, it reads, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. And I'll say as my testimony that since I really took, you know, Brian at his invitation and really is Christ at his invitation and gotten plugged into the body here at Glendale uh, pre-pandemic and post that I have experienced increased fruit in my life and in my family's life. And I think that I have shared with other people and I've seen that. So that's why I encourage and invite everyone who can hear my voice 
to be involved in a church and you are welcome to this church, both virtually and when we come back in person, because I think it will bear fruit in your life. And just one more thing that I wanted to, to say, another scripture that kind of convicted me was that, um, you know, you don't have to be perfect to come to church. You know, I think a lot of times people are timid, intimidated to come and be a part of church because they think they see other people who are there and they have to be as strong. And so uh, Mark chapter two, verses 16 through 17, it says, but when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. And so that's what I'll just invite everyone to think about is, you know, it's like when you say, oh, I'm going to go to the gym after I get in shape, or uh, we're going to get a maid after we get this place cleaned up. You know, it's the same thing about church. You know, sometimes you feel, well, I'm going to go down to the church house when I get myself right and when I stop sinning. Well, ain't nobody going to get themselves right, right? You're not going to get yourself right. Jesus gets you right. And Jesus is here in his father's house. So I just invite you all, even if you don't think you're ready or you don't think you're right, get involved. Just keep clicking on. Keep signing on. Keep pressing play. If that's all you got, that's all you need. But then I believe that you're going to see fruit bearing your life and you're going to get stronger. And just take that invitation and continue to grow in your, in your maturity. And this is a good place to grow. This is based on my testimony and my experience. And I, I, I pray that everyone is well, and I thank God for you all.